On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, you'll hear about Sam Winchester's shooting school, where you can just be okay, and safety is second. And also, ghouls, ghouls, ghouls! All right, let's do this. This week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And we're going to talk season four, episode 19, Jump the Shark. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry if I just burped in the microphone again, which just seems to always happen. Like, I'll be fine. And then as soon as like we start recording, I'm like, fuck. Like, I, I, I what is that trigger? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, jump in the shark. Jump yeah. in the shark. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, before we get to that, uh, how are you? How's your weekend? How, what's going on in your world? I'm like, what did I do this weekend? You got a badass new hairdo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, I went and Saturday was hair day and I dyed and shaved and, you know, did all sorts of new fun things. So if you're, if you see our intro, you can, you can see. You can see our video thing. So, um, I did that. And then, uh, then I bruised myself back on a hoop on Sunday. So back off of the stupid trapeze, never getting on that fucking thing again and back on the, the more torturous metal hoop, you know, like you do. Uh, well, yeah, I had a, I had a quite active weekend. Um, I was felt real young and real old all at once. So Friday night, um, I had a, a night out with my sister, my brother-in-law, babe, obviously was there and my brother was in town visiting. So we did a nice dinner with everybody. And then we went to Deep Ellum because, um, our friend's punk rock band was playing, which was fun to see our friend Mob 84. They were really good. And then of course we got to see part of dog company, which is always fun. Uh, but we were actually in down there because Jizza from Wu-Tang Clan was at Trees doing Liquid Swords, which is one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, by most accounts, by the way, not just my opinion. Uh, so yeah. anyways, we got to go to that. Um, it was really cool. Um, my, my caveats are this. Um, sometimes an, uh, an artist, no matter how amazing of a lyricist they are, are better with their group as far as their performance quality. Fair. And it's really hard for an artist that uses so many guests on all of their songs to do a solo show. So, and of course also, and this is a trend in some music, not all venues, but some music and especially in hip hop is going on fucking late. It's a thing in the hip hop. Nope. And I'm just saying the show we is old. We old. We old. We thought the show was going to start at nine, then it was nine 45. All right. Fine. Fine. Then we hear 10 45. We're like, Fuck. What? Right. All right. He went on stage at 1120 and played for an hour. What the fuck were you doing with those four hours? 
Well, that's why we went to and watched our friends' bands at the three links across the street. So I got to go to two across the street from the other. So it was cool. No, 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 not you. I mean, just oh, yeah. artists in okay. general. Like, uh, well, he was, he was, I think, smoking large amounts of weed, eating um, some amazing vegan food cooked by a chef friend of ours, and playing chess with people that wanted to, that paid for a VIP program to play chess against him, which is kind of cool, but at the same time, come on. Also, time your shit. Time your shit. Other people have shit to do. Yeah, so I was tired. And then, um, on Saturday night, uh, my, um, um, some, uh, there's a really cool show, Americana artists. So I did punk rock and hip hop Friday, country on Saturday. So, um, so, or Americana. Sounds like you. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. is tracks. So, yeah. I was like, it makes sense. So, uh, we went and saw Sarah Shook and the Disarmers with, um, uh, my friend Joshua Ray Walker, uh, doing a co-headline show at the Kessler Theater in Oak Cliff. And it was super fun. Um, the opener was great too, Aaron Vance, but, um, we, um, it was a really good time. It was a lot of people, a lot of friends. So like Friday was punk rock and hip hop with family. Saturday was country with friends. It was kind of that. So it was a good time. And, uh, I even, I even went to the after party at another bar and I stayed out till two in the morning. I felt real sleepy after that. I got home real late. Yeah. Liz is making a face at me. She doesn't know who I am. Yeah. And I think I may be freezing again, but if my face freezes like that, that is fine. <laughs> so, but yeah, we, uh, it was a good weekend. Just very, very, very activity filled. Um, but it was really cool to see my brother. He was visiting for the weekend and now I'm sleepy and counting down to this weekend because this weekend, babe and I are going to visit Liz. Yay! Well, I mean, you're coming to pick up rum and then visit me in the process. Yeah, you're kind of the priority. Rum's just like a good timing piece of it. It's like, oh, it's time to pick up rum. That makes a convenient time to go visit Liz. All right, so let's talk about Jump the Shark. So you know where that title comes from, right? Well, it's from Happy Days when they jumped a shark. (laughs) It was, it was, and it's the now become like the terminology for when something is completely ridiculous. Right. Or basically when a TV show is doing something to order to try and boost its ratings. Like, you know, the, the biggest example, which will come, comes out is nodded to in this episode is when the Brady Bunch added cousin Oliver because they needed like a younger face because the Brady's got kids got too old or whatever, but. Yeah. So, uh, and that is very obvious why that was what was, and when this episode was actually coming out, there was, you know, people, they kind of, you know, they were alluding to this third Winchester brother coming in the, in the, the promos and stuff. And so people really were like, what the fuck? And, and, and freaked out in general. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so this was season four, episode 19. We're almost at the end of the season. It first aired April 23rd, 2009. It was directed by our favorite suit-wearing Phil Scritchia and written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin. And we last saw this pair with the unfortunately named Yellow Fever episode. Uh, just some news on Andrew. Uh, he is the showrunner on a new Netflix series, Grendel, which is based on Dark Horse comics about an assassin who ascends to the top of the New York criminal underworld. Mm-hmm. And that's in post-production. So that should probably be coming out pretty soon. Um, but it, the casting looks interesting. It's just, I don't know. It, it, it could be nice. I mean, I like another comic book adaptation, but. 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So we'll save our feelings about this show for later, but I think they'll come through as we're talking. I about think it. they will probably come out. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start off with an interior house shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a dark hallway and a woman running through the hall and slams the door and closes herself into a room. And she's wearing nurse scrubs and moves the arm and something's beating on the door, like chasing her. And she moves the armoire to block the door she sits down on the bed and then they did a really like, it was well shot. They do like, and it's creepy as fuck. There's multiple reasons to dislike this episode. I'm just going to say it was cre- yeah. creepy as fuck. And they do a shot from under the bed of her feet and it keeps going back to that slowly. And then something grabs her fucking feet and drags her under the bed. And then a photo falls off the bedside table. Who is that man in the photo? <gasps> it's John Winchester. What the fuck? Who is this woman? Yeah. And also, how dare you have something come out from underneath the bed? Oh, so wrong. So wrong. He, getting grabbed from underneath the bed. He be fucking GBs. Big time. Yeah. At least I have the comfort of knowing that the space underneath my bed is so small that I could not be dragged underneath it. I think I have too much crap stored under mine. So, I mean... Yeah, it's just gonna have to like maneuver. Like you will hear stuff getting moved around. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how this episode starts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we cut to our our brothers. We like standing. I guess they couldn't get a motel that night. I don't know. They're by a water and it's a a lovely lake. I mean, I guess if you're gonna sleep in a car, yes. Yeah, and Sam is standing outside brushing his teeth as Dean wakes up looking a little rough. And he's hungry, but there's far from food. So Sam suggests a sandwich in the back seat. And I'm appalled, appalled at this. Because Dean looks in the bag and sniffs it and it makes a gag face. Because it's a fucking tuna sandwich. Who brings tuna on a road trip? You are a monster. Gross, gross people. Gross people. Tuna. I like like I like a tuna sandwich. I like a tuna melt. Whatever. Not upset by it. But you don't eat that in the on a fucking road trip. That's just rude. Well, I mean, one, the car is gonna smell like fish. Two, like you just left it. Yeah, we're gonna move on because I'm gonna vomit. All right. And so the phone a phone starts ringing, and it's gonna and we play the whose phone is this game? Yeah, it's John's phone in the glove box. What? Who's calling John? So, um, Dean answers it and they ask for John. He's like, Oh, he can't come to the phone. And they're like, Oh, this is Adam Milligan. He knows me. And Dean's like, mm, Yeah, he, he'd been dead for two years. So. He did. He real dead. He's, He's real so dead. dead. Yeah. We burned him. He yeah. real and the caller, Adam is like, Oh, well, I'm his son. What? What? So yeah. now we arrive in Wyndham, Minnesota. Uh, and the brothers go to, they are pulling up to Cousin Oliver's diner. Um, and so Cousin Oliver being the huh? nod to oh, the Brady Bunch. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. I wasn't a Brady. Told you it was going to come back. So they're at Cousin Oliver's Hilltop Cafe, the home of famous pies. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sam, Sam's already done the research on Adam. Yeah. He's a real person is what he's established. He's born in 92. Mom was Kate. Um, he didn't have a dad. He was an Eagle Scout. He's at University of Wisconsin, I think he said. And yeah, uh, Wisconsin. Pre-med. Bio, bio pre-med student. 
And Dean's just kind of like, uh-huh, and digging for weapons in the trunk. Team trunk! <laughs> it's just like, nope, it's a trap. And look at all these pretty things that are just in my trunk. Yeah. Mm, team trunk. So he comes through and he's just like, he's like, he's pulling out the demon knife and he is just like, nah. So they they go into this diner and there's a table and there's like four empty chairs. So he just like yanks one of them away and pulls it next to the potted plant, right? And then the waitress comes over and he's really rude to her and she throws the menu down. And all I could think about was the meme that was going around this week, which is an old meme, but a good meme of the no hot dog for you of like, I sent it to you. I swear to God, I sent you this this meme earlier. If not, I'll resend it. Where it's just funny because this guy was rude, and there's a waitress pointing at a at a hot dog and just says, "No hot dog for you." Yes, yes. That's all I can think about. No hot dog for you. No hot dog for you. Yeah. So yeah, Um, Dean's completely convinced that this is a demon in a real person's body. So obviously, I'd have to be a real person. Um, and so he replaces the glass of water for the person meeting them, Adam, with uh, holy water. Changes out the silverware for actual. No, 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 it was holy water. But what did he call it? He called it Jesus juice. He didn't call it Jesus juice. I thought that was it's, fine. So it's very confusing terminology. Fair, fair. I can see that that being confusing. Jesus juice is typically wine. Yeah. So but also holy water. Jesus <laughs> has a lot of juice. Can you just bless the wine? I'm just curious. Okay, never mind. Is there is there holy wine? I mean, there is. I mean, get communion. So I don't know. Yeah. But then that's blood. There's no longer wine. That's blood. So, all right. Well, Dean's just like, look, if he's not a demon, he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. So um, he's just absolutely certain that this is, uh, they're using, he's using dad to bait them. That's it. And Sam's like, mm, yeah, except that there's this one section of dad's journal that we've never looked at or discussed ever before that's just come to our attention that he went, came to Minnesota at this exact time frame in 92 when this kid was apparently born and right nine months before he was born. And then the next two pages of the journal are missing here. Well, I mean, maybe they just, you know, they didn't look because the pages are ripped out. I don't know. And if I saw Minnesota, I'd be like, whatever. But so that makes Dean think about John having sex and he is grossed out. Like everybody is a thought of the parents having sex. And then Sam is, this is a very brotherly moment and just keeps fucking with him. I do appreciate how Sam is just fucking with him. Oh yeah, absolutely. So then a guy walks in looking kind of lost, but it's, it's Adam. And so he sits down and, um, and, you know, they say, Sam and Dean basically say they worked together. And they're like, oh, yeah, cause we were all mechanics. Because that was the cover was that John was a mechanic. Yeah. And dad died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they're like, yeah, dad died on the job. And he's like, how did he die? Oh, a car fell on him. Um, it happens. Okay. You know. Yeah. But the waitress knows Adam. Like, I mean, and what he orders. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dean does insist, though, that Adam drink the holy water that's on the table. Very smoothly, very smoothly, just like takes it away. Like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. It's fine. It's fine. This, and he's just like, oh shit. Well, but he's at the same time, like, he is so tense. There's so much tension happening here. I'm like, mm. you just have this gun, like, pointed at somebody underneath the table. And that also, like, how do you, how do you not look at that? Like, I don't know. That just. <laughs> it's a very extreme tension. How do you know what he's pointing at? Like, you could be pointing at, like, the other, like. Other pa- other other 
patrons in the restaurant. I don't know. Yeah. Like, or just like the floor, like I, you've got to look at, I don't know. So anyways, but so he passes it and Adam's just like, my mom is missing. And they're like, well, well I thought it was interesting. He said, the, well, they asked why he called John. And he's yeah. like, if he hadn't talked, you know, like, you haven't talked to him in so long. Why'd you call John? He's like, well, he's the only family I've left and my mom is missing. So now, like, I think that that little kind of, at least for Sam, who's a little bit more believing the story more so than Dean, who's very questioning, kind of was like, oh, shit, we can relate to this. So, um, and um, Adam's like, they didn't have a relationship for a long time. And that John, my mom was an ER nurse. John came in from a hunting accident and they didn't meet until Adam was 12 years old um, when mom called after he begged her to. So kind of sad. But basically John didn't even know about him until he was 12 is the way I read this. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So then like, you know, Dean's just like, go ahead, eat up. Right. So, but Adam passes the silverware test. Right. So at this point, Dean finally, you know, unclenches his sphincter like a little bit, a little bit, and uncocks the gun. But he's still just like that. But we we kind of we start learning things about Adam and John's relationship, and this is making the brothers very unhappy. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. If my dad, like I spent my entire life with my father where he just basically beat the crap out of me and made me into a soldier who hunts monsters and has to sleep in a motel room and for all the important events in my life and didn't give me any of the important. And I go to like 9,000 schools and then like what? Like he taught you to play poker. He taught you to play pool, taught you how to drive. And at that point, I think Dean's had enough. Yeah. Yeah. In the Impala. In the Impala. Taught him how to drive in the Impala. And we we found Dean's limit. And so and Dean finally is just like, You're a liar. Mm -hmm. We're his sons. And poor Adam is so hopeful. He's like, I have brothers. And then (laughs) no. Oh. And he just pouts off. And it's just like, whatever. And Adam's like, no, no, I can prove this. I can prove this. So we get back to the house. Yeah. So there's photos of Adam and John together. At a, the first one is at a baseball game uh, when Adam was 14 years old. And um, Sam looks in the journal and there's a corresponding journal entry on that date that just says Minnesota. And that's it. So D- Dean's pretty fucking upset now because this is another like, things that he would have loved to have done with his dad that his dad never did with him. It's a little rough. It's pretty shitty. Like, what the fuck? Like, why can you make time to take this child to the baseball game? You can shoot stuff and go to a baseball game. I think he just, I don't know. Work, life, balance. I'm not going to psychoanalyze John Winchester, so I'm going to shut up on that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Bad plan, but yeah, yeah. Well, I will get. I think we'll, we'll see more about this why later. But like, it's it's very weird. I think this is all very very weird. Um. So, but Sam's just like, all right, let's get back to the point. Like, why are we here? What's up with your mom? Yeah, where's mom? And he's like, look, mom came home from work and then didn't show up the next day. The cops searched, didn't find anything, but she wouldn't leave without telling anybody. Uh, it's just like she dropped off the face of the earth, which is suspicious. Okay, get it. Sus, sus, super sus. So Dean's searching the house um, and um, 
finds more photos with John in them. And it's just like salt in the wound every time, man, you can see. But it. also like this woman did not have a relationship with this I man why until was, he was why 12. Was yeah. Well, and did they have a relationship after this? Like, was she, were they like together? Uh, what? Like, why, why was his picture on your bedside table? Yeah. And it's or not, yeah. Cause it's not just like pictures of Adam and John together. Oh. It's them doing couple shit. Like there is, this is clearly like relationship photo on the bedside table. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like. It's weird. It's do you even like what the fuck? Like, do you have a picture of babe on your I guess like you guys have like a wedding picture on the wall, but it's not like you have like pictures of each like yourself. Who has a picture of anybody like on their okay, anyways? Let's move on. I'm sorry, this is gonna go down a, a very long hole. All right, so um where are no we fun, at? So, no sign of a break-in except for the knocked over end table in the bedroom. Yeah. And um he the Adam's kind of like, uh, why are you like, what can you see that the cops didn't see? He's like, they don't have my eyes. <laughs> <I'm> so, <they're laughs> mechanic, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, Adam's trying to ask about John, that's about dad. And Dean doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, trust me, you don't want to know. So as they're searching, um, Sam walks up and he's like, there's no information from the cops. Uh, but there was several years ago, an uh, incident with a bunch of grave robbing with about 17 bodies, uh, missing bodies were found. That's a lot of bodies. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking bodies. So dad was there to hunt whoever did that is what they pieced together. And three bodies recently disappeared. And the word, the term they use, and I don't like it. I don't really, I mean, other than it's just gross, but like grave robbing is awful, right? But corpse snatching. They say, and I'm like, I don't know why I don't like that. I mean, corpse snatching is actually a pretty Victorian term. So, like, when I go to Scotland in uh, in a month, we get to go to the place where the guys who would do like the most infamous grave robberies, and they were they were corpse snatchers. And uh, Burke and Burke and oh, fuck, what is Burke's partner's name? Whatever, like the two grave robbing guys in Scotland. Uh, but yeah, corpse snatching. I don't like it. Anyway, snatch. Is it because it's snatch? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> I don't really love that word either. <laughs> All right. So, so in addition to Kate, whose mom's missing, Joe Barton is someone else from town that is, has also recently gone missing. Um, and yeah, he's a local bartender because that'll come back later, but yeah, local bartender. And so Dean's like, well, does your mom know him? And as he's asking this, he looks back into the bedroom where they've been talking and searching and sees scratch marks on the floor leading towards under the bed. <laughs> on those very nice hardwood floors. Yeah. Those were actually really pretty floors and they, yeah, they fucked them up. Well, we have to resurface that anyway. Yep. Um, and so they're like, son of a bitch. They pull up the mattress and there's a vent, uh, and to, <laughs> to the, to the HVAC. I'm like, what? What kind of? Why I know this is an old house, but this is not what. So I guess it's mostly heat, but it still seems very inefficient to have the bed over that. Like the heat wouldn't get through them, like spread out. Something. I, yeah, I, I I don't know what's happening with this situation, but it, oh, your house is the HVAC system. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know this is like someone's gonna buy this house in this market because they're just gonna snatch it up and they're gonna be like, oh no, and then like they're like, why is it my bedroom so hot or so cold? And then just be like, oh, because my bed is over the vent. 
but it's a massive vent. Uh, the brothers have to do rock, paper, scissors to figure out who goes in. Nobody's ducks in a residential house are this fucking large. I'm just saying. No, those, that is a good point. And as I know, as I had to, I got a new air conditioner last weekend too. Um, so, uh, but so they do play rock, paper, scissors and Sam picks rock and Dean picks scissors. And, um, I also, I did love like this was a really good moment of just like, this is how in sync we are as brothers. Like we just immediately do this. There's no words. We just, and the ends, Adams, I think it's that kind of, oh, these are brothers moment and for sure. Yeah. Cause they like, like as soon as they see the vent, they look at each other, they go straight into rock, paper, scissors. And and then as soon as Dean loses, he knows he's fucked and he gets to crawl in that. (laughs) But it was, I'm like, I'm just still like, like, you have to have between the upstairs and the downstairs to have a duct that was that big. Like that's also between moose and squirrel, like of, of Jensen Ackles or Jared Padalecki. I'm pretty sure every time it would be, Sorry, soldier boy. Like you were going in the shaft. Like you're, there's no way Sam Winchester is ever fitting in anything that has a word shaft in it. Like he's just, it would stop at his neck. Like there's just no way he's a large man. Not that Jensen Ackles is a small man. We just know in comparison. Yes. Apparently speaking. Exactly. So. Uh, so he's crawling through this massive ductwork with a gun and his flashlight and he peeks around a corner and there's a whole lot of blood, chunks of hair and like other tissue and it's gross and sad. And I said, that's sad. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's parts of Adam's mom. Uh, so we're going to go to a motel room and at this motel room, one thing I want to point out as they're um, scrolling by things, we see um, basically a, a, there's a car that's advertising happy hour at the Sunny Bono Lounge and there is a picture of a mustache person and that mustache person was Kim Manners because Kim had died about a month before this. So they, um, the motel is named the Kelsey Manor KM for Kim, for Kim Manners. And then like, there's just, there's all sorts of little KMs like all throughout this episode, but more, most particularly in this motel room. Uh, and so the mustache person in that, it looks like Sonny Bono is actually Kim. And also they, uh, Jared and Jensen at a salute to supernatural in 2009 said that that in honor of Kim, the crew had a mustache growing competition. So that was happening while this was going on, which so I, 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 that oh, makes my heart go. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're at the motel and Dean is prepping a shotgun and Adam shows up and demands to know who they actually are. He's like, my house is a crime scene, but y'all had to bail before the cops got here. And my mom's probably dead. What the fuck? Uh, to be fair though, I, I will bail before the cops show up. <laughs> like, if that is my option, see ya. Like, I would rather not be here. You yeah. can subpoena me later. You know, to like, just go. Cops are coming. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, uh, cops saw, you saw things that the cops didn't. And I heard y'all talking about grave robberies. I want to know what's going on. And I have figured out that you are not mechanics. No, no mechanics. So Sam wants to tell him everything. Sam's ready, but Dean's like, oh, hell no. Uh, but Adam's like, mm, no, I want to, like, so uh, this means that all the movie monsters are real. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, so he's getting the talk, right? Like the talk they give to everybody, but this one happens to be their brother, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, so the movie monsters are real. And Dean's like, except for Godzilla. <laughs> that's, that's just a movie. How do you know? And they, mm-hmm. I love how they always pick like which monster isn't real. And this time it's like Godzilla. I'm like, you don't know. You You're be- out in Japan. That, yeah. Come on. Uh, Sam's like, no, yeah, we, we hunt them. And so did dad. That's the thing. And Dean's like, uh, you're way too accepting of this. This usually you're like freaking out or calling us crazy by now. So, and, um, but basically Sam and Dean are going to go hunt whoever did this. And I was like, I want to help too. And so, but Dean is really against this because Dean now has come. I'm not saying that he's okay with the difference in treatment between Adam and Sam and Dean, but his supposition from the situation is that John was protecting Adam from their life. Uh, that's why he ripped the pages from the journal. That's why he didn't want, um, he didn't want Adam to have their life. And we need to respect John's wishes and not rope him into this shit. Which see, you know, and as we will discuss as we get further this episode, I think it's probably projecting somebody. Mm. Maybe projecting his own feelings. What? Uh, so he storms out like a little bitch. At the beginning, yeah, a lot of this, there's a lot of Dean being a bitch. And there's a lot of Dean feelings. There's a lot of, you know, Dean not dealing with his feelings. Yeah. So only 88. Um, maybe this will be the 89th fan fiction where, you know, someone writes Dean, if you rewrite this, a Dean dealing with his feelings, that is going to happen. But so Sam and Adam are alone together and mm-hmm. Sam's just like, I'm going to start showing you how to do things. Here's a gun. Yeah. Cause that's what you do is you hand someone a pistol immediately that doesn't know anything about this stuff. But obviously the pistol that you just loaded, just like, Hey, what did he unload it? I don't know. It was just like, blah, blah, blah. here's my 45, which is not the most like, this is the gun that I'm going to start you off with. Okay. And we'll get more into like Sam's. I actually have other commentary on Sam's shooting skills abilities. So la, 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 la. Uh, but then we get into some deep feelings here. Cause Sam's just like, Adam wants revenge. And Sam's like, I know what it's like to want revenge. Fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see this empathy happening back and forth, but then we get to meet the most amazing character ever. What? He's literally he's literally in here for three seconds. I just love this Undertaker. Like he is such an Undertaker. Yeah. He is like the Undertaker in the Muppets, where the Undertaker is like singing "I'm so happy," like my favorite Muppets scene of all time. That is this Undertaker, yeah, or funeral and, director, whatever. And Dean's there pretending to be Agent Nugent and talking about the missing corpses. Uh, and I like that um, he asks Dean asks uh, the. More t- whatever he is, the funeral director. Funeral director. Yeah. Who, what this? What who do who he thinks did it? And he says, "Sick, deranged hooligans." Hooligans. Yeah. Yes. I'm just like, yeah. A month till I get to officially be in England to be a hooligan because oh. that is, oh man, there's gonna be a hooliganism happening. All right. So, um, but Dean's just like, what is this goop? There's goop. There's goop, and it's embalming fluid. So, and not blood on the ground, but apparently they quote unquote opened them up. Yeah, and now I'm kind of kicking myself because I should have looked up because now I want to know if embalming fluid is goopy. I mean, it wasn't like super goopy, but it was like definitely like syrupy texture probably. Yeah, like when you see it in TV films, it's usually kind of like green, but I I don't know. Now I want to know what it is. But anyway, so we're going to cut to a bar. Is it weird that I'm 
kind of surprised you couldn't just tell me that what it was off the top of your head. No, I'm not just, I'm not disappointed, Liz, but I'm surprised. I'm just saying. I mean, if you look, I'm pretty sure there is, yeah, everlasting embalming fluids. I, I think I was there when you got your embalming sign, wasn't it? But it, yeah. it doesn't say on there if it's goopy. It doesn't describe it. Okay, noted. It doesn't oh. say the, the most goopiest of embalming fluid. <laughs> and there's also a bumper sticker that says embalmer hun, like that's also back on the wall um, that I got at this great shop in um, Baltimore because in Baltimore they say Baltimore hun, like the hun is the thing, H O N. But they just took out Baltimore and they put embalmer. Okay. Spooky bitches. All right. So bar. We're at a bar. Dean's at a bar. And uh, the bartender says, first beer's on the house for cops and feds. (laughs) So she assumes that he's a fed. He's sitting there looking at notes. And uh, ends up that bartender, Lisa, was Joe Barton's wife. The the bartender that disappeared. Ooh. And he stayed late to the inventory and never came home. Aww. That's yeah, that would suck. And but back in the day, he was a deputy in the, in their town and did work the grave robbing case. Um, he found and the in the picture, yeah, in the picture of him, he has the deputyest of hats. Like deputy. it is like no, like unless you're a Mountie, like you don't like that was a deadly do little hat. It was spectacular. Yeah, no, totally. But there's the picture from when they the newspaper article picture they they found with that goes with this. You can see John in the background, and obviously this deputy's in it. And he's like, yeah, he had help from a specialist. Um, and uh, you know, the cops never figured out you know who took the bodies, but Joe told us that. They told me that they took care of what done it. What done it? What done it? We did it. What done it? We took care of it. So, all right. So now we know that we've got further confirmation that John was definitely there hunting something at that time and help and had law enforcement help basically then. Right. Yeah. yeah, somebody helped. But yeah, there was something that was going on. All right, so we're going to go back to the motel because we get a lot of cuts going in this. And so now Adam knows how to clean guns. Yeah, this is a very quick training. I'm just saying. He picks this up super snappy. But, I mean, to be fair, like Sam could have broken it down and been like, just rub oil on this part. That's fair. But it is true, you know, like from like a gun safety thing. Yes, I think you should be able to take apart and put together whatever gun you have so agreed this is actually not bad training but just it's just very accelerated training in general and it's also not effective like is like do you need to clean the gun before whatever this is anyways all right so yeah so they're cleaning guns uh i think i literally wrote playing with guns is what i wrote down by the way because that's how i felt about it at this point i'm like oh they're just gonna play with guns now okay and but adam wants to know how john actually died and so um sam tells him it was a demon and that dean killed it and so adam's like well then your revenge is over then and sam says it's never over it's never over. And we're getting some weird shit from like Sam's starting to go weirder and weirder as we Parker. get through this. Yeah. And then the power goes out and you hear weird scratchy noises in, in the place. So Sam gets a shotgun and like clears the bathroom. And I'm dying, by the way, during this point. It's like Diana's. <laughs> 
fucking shower curtains waving in the wind. Why is the bathroom window open in fucking Minnesota? I am not happy in this scene. So, um, they hear all this clanking around in the vents and ducts. And so like, son of a bitch, whatever got, whatever got mom is after them. So they go to the car, run out to, well, they run out to Adam's truck. Which, as in Winchester fashion, is a solid truck. Very cool truck. And um, as they get to it, they're getting ready to try to open the door. Because Sam's going to drive and something grabs his fucking feet. Yeah, not a fan of things grabbing feet. No! Stop. I just don't like it. And uh, no, not a fan. This is... Because there's nothing I can do about it. Unless I look under every fucking thing that I ever get into. Like... And that's, I don't like bending down that far. It's really hard to get down that low anymore. If you're in a skirt and, you know, I mean, I mean, I, granted, it's not that far for me to go, but like once I like bend down, then it becomes a tortoise situation. And, you know, it's, sometimes I can't get back up, you know, so, but anyway, so yeah, he's something's trying to drag him under. And then all of a sudden, he pulls up right as Adam's finally making it around the tr- finally coming around to help Dean pulls up and they are able uh, together to pull Sam out from underneath and, and as Adam yells too, he's like Dean help yeah and Dean shoots blindly shoots the shotgun under the truck and they move the truck and what's underneath <gasps> it's a storm drain with the lid half removed yep we got an open manhole stop shooting at things you can't see because what the fuck are you shooting at? Like, well, how did you not shoot Sam's leg? Whatever. Like, nah, don't like this. Okay. Yep. And there's blood in the hole. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No one saw it, but they figure out that what its targets are. Um, basically, it want re- wants revenge for something. And so, there we go. Yeah, we've got a pattern, right? It's going after, like, these things. And it wants revenge. Revenge! Revenge! So they go back to the house and they're like, Dean, get, uh, Dean tells Adam, get your shit. You're getting the fuck out of here. We're going to drop you at Bobby's and we're going to come back and finish this whole thing off. Sam's like, Oh, hell no. We all need to stay. We have no other leads or witnesses. And basically they're going to use Adam as bait because why not? They'll train him. It's fine. And And he's also saying like, this is kind of like when they, like, as we've been prepping for dark side Sam, like he's just like, Oh no. Like, why would we go? We have bait. Like, we'll just use this brand new brother we found as bait for this thing. We don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it is kind of dark. But also, I kind of get like, I mean, this kid is an no, adult. It's logical. It's fucking logical. I agree. And the kid's an adult. And if he wants to stay and help, it's kind of like hard to like, like no. At know. the same time. It's from a, I just met it. This would be me. If I, I would, I would be Dean. I would be like, no, no, no. New guy, not trained, doesn't know shit. We go put new guy away. Then the people who are trained in handling shit go handle shit. Then yeah. we come back and get new guy. Yeah. Oh, wait. Do I sound like that's what I do every day? Yeah. 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 And, uh, but, but Adam has, wants no part of that. He wants to, he wants to do whatever it takes to get revenge. He's down. What in? Yeah. So, yeehaw. Uh, and so Sam and Adam go, uh, go shoot in the woods. Yep. Yep. So Sam is teaching Adam to shoot and Adam's fucking teacupping. 
And I'm like, what? No. Like, this is, you are a terrible, well, also we know Sam can't shoot for shit. Why is Dean not teaching Adam to shoot? He doesn't want to have any part of this, but that's also, at this point, if it's going to happen, you might as well just fucking help and do it right. Yeah, because I, if I was Dean, I'd be like, what What are you doing? No, just move. Move. Mm-hmm. And so they're given, like, this, like, absurd, like, like, two hour crash course in monsters is what it feels like to poor Adam. Like, all right, first we're going to go shoot guns. Then we're going to read this book and then I'm going to tell you stories. And then we're going to, like, and I was thinking though, as they were flipping through books and I'm looking at them, I was like, man, they should have just gotten the Carver Edlin books and then just given those to Adam. And then Adam would have had like the oh, entire God. breakdown of their lives the past two years and how to hunt. Missed opportunity missed opportunity right there it was it was right there guys like you know but that may uh, take too long i don't know who knows this seemed like pretty fast and but adam calls it a job and sam gets kind of defensive he's like it's not it's a life and sam this is where you really kind of see like we were you've been talking about like this build-up they've been giving of kind of this darker side to sam and it's like you know that you can't have a job no girlfriend no friends you can't have any connections and it's the price we pay the only thing but you can only count on family and Dean's like kind of pissed. Like he's like, what are you talking about? That's, but Dean was kind of like that before. It's kind of weird. Is see, but we're going to start seeing like kind of like, I don't know. Like, listen, there's a lot of projection happening okay. here, but you know, so Dean's just like, whoa, like John said the same thing to you. And that's what made you pissed and leave. Yeah. And now he's just like, okay, like maybe, maybe I see your point from back then. And then Sam says something that is very disturbing because he says, when I look at Adam, all I see is meat. Mm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Like this is, that's, mm-hmm. that is dark. Mm-hmm. And Dean's like, you know, Sam's like, Dad taught us to protect ourselves. Dean's like, it's too late for us, but Adam has a chance at a normal life in school and all that. And so basically that's where we, you know, really is basically vocalizing that he's jealous. That's his way of saying it. Yeah. And Sam's just, and Dean's just like, you know, let's give Adam this chance. And Sam, like he's five years old is like, what makes Adam so special? Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like Uh it. Oh, like he's a Winchester, so he's already cursed. Yeah, and that's also just like he's a Winchester, he's already cursed. Ooh, yeah. And then Dean's finally just like, nah, nah, over this. I'm just gonna go find this. I'm gonna go find this. I'm gonna go find the monster. Yeah. So he's back at the mausoleum alone now. Oh, and we also get some vroom vroom. Sorry. So like baby's like, we're going to go find this fucker. Like I, I do it. I appreciate a good baby is like off of the hunt. Impressive room. Yep. Yeah. So he goes back to the mausoleum. He's alone in the mausoleum with a flashlight and I'm covering my eyes at this point, just so you know, because that's what I do. Um, and he sees a draft moving some cobwebs and is able to clear a stone out of the way so that you can crawl down into a lower crypt. And decides to crawl in and nope is all I have to say about that. Nope. Yeah. So what I'm just saying nope because my abs are really sore right now. So like there is so much belly crawling that is happening and Diana being a woman who was in the military has done a lot. I'm sure belly crawling and 
I have paid to do it in Tough Mudders as I'm an idiot. But yeah, my abs are hurting during this. Um, and also, why are there cobwebs if things have come out of whatever? So, but he gets my, my, like the moment that I would die for. Cause I'm like, oh shit, I'm in this, this crypt that was built in 1926. I just went down a tunnel and found another crypt. Pass. More funeral shit. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and it's pretty torn up in there. It is not like something has been fucking up this crypt and there's a very, very fresh body and he finds glasses on the ground. So we know now this is Joe, the bartender at decent sloppy Joe. Yeah. Bad pun, but also funny. And so then he hears a noise. Uh Oh, and I'm freaking out. Once again, I'm covering my eyes. So he shoots blindly into the passage. Kind of. Why is there so much as I'm blindly shooting my gun at things during this episode? Because this seems stupid, as we learn, is stupid. Very stupid. So a tunnel collapses, and he has no cell service. Now he's trapped in the script. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Which gets me, like, super... Like, I am not, like, a hyper-claustrophobic person. Like, don't get me wrong. I think I have the same, like, level of claustrophobia as an average human, where, like, I don't... I mean, I don't want to be buried alive. I don't want to be in a small room with no escape, like I think like a healthy level of claustrophobia. This kind of shit reeks me out. Yeah, no, I mean, the tunnel crawling freaks me out just because as a fat chick, I'm afraid I'm going to get stuck. Um, or just like my boobs will just like, this is also like, I could never like stomach crawl like with these tits. Like they would just like, do you know how hard it would be? Like you'd have to be able to like lift one up and then the other. And like, so you need clearance above you to actually get through the space. Like that, that I guess that's just why Dean is doing it. But anyway, so I, I get it, but at least like the crypt that he's in, like there's space in there. He's not like stuck in the tunnel. Like, Oh, still upsetting. All right. Yep. So back at the house, um, Sam is showing Adam how to cover all the vents and salt all of the entries to the house. We don't know what this is. We'll just throw down salt. Except one. La la la. They want to force whatever is in the vents to come at Adam through that one hole. But tactically makes sense. It does. It's a very smart tactic, actually. But then the woman's they hear a creaking door. Someone came into the house downstairs and a woman's voice is calling for Adam. Oh no, it's mom's voice. Sam tries to stop him though. Not your mom. Not your mom. They go downstairs and mom looks pretty like fucked up, kind of injured. And Sam just keeps telling Adam, wait, it's not your mom. It's not your mom. And I'm like, and she's like, no, I totally got away. And they're hugging. And I'm like, oh, I don't fucking trust this. This is all bad. And it's all upsetting. And it's all sad. Because it's upsetting. Like, this is upsetting. I'm just want to be really clear. This whole thing. Because it gets worse. So Sam has a shotgun, says, that's not your mother. Step away. And we cut back real fast because they have to do this while your suspense is super high. We go back to Dean trying to find a, r- a route to get out of the crypt. Um, and there's a whole lot of bones in an intact coffin and he opens it, gags, and it's definitely a disemboweled Kate, aka yep. There's mom. So Wait, we know the mom standing in the kitchen with Adam and Sam is definitely not her. So Adam's like, oh, no, I'm so sure it's my mom. Sam's like, no, it can't be. There's too much blood in the vent. Your mom's dead. And Adam gets the shotgun from Sam. 
And I'm like, really, Sam? How the fuck did you let this untrained motherfucker get your shotgun? Oh, so mad. Well, I mean, a, a, a long a, a long arm takedown is actually like easier. So yeah, yeah I can see that. But but to be fair, like Adam now has the gun, and Sam's just like, well, shoot it. It's not human. And he winks at his mom and says, "I know," and butt checks Sam in the face. Yes. Okay. So that's all I got. I was so upset. So, so I'm just like, up until this point, you didn't know, did you? No. I love like for, you like a supernatural version. It's so wonderful. There's a, like even all the things that you know that like, you didn't know, but this was an Adam. Adam was dead. <laughs> I don't know, but that's not happy. I'm very upset about all this. Well, and that's emotionally into- processing this potential surprise new brother this whole episode and reevaluating their entire family dynamic. And this kid is processing, they're helping this kid process, fake process his mother's death. Uh, at the hands of something supernatural and trusting his need to, potential, you know, yeah. they thought they were helping him do that. And like all this and well, and this, the, but the, but this is what I love about having the virgin viewer though, is uh, that this uh, was happening when this was, you know, coming out on air was talked about the beginning with the jump, the shark thing that out, I'm sure. Yeah, the people were like losing their shit online that they were adding this third Winchester brother, like and nobody knew what was going on, and they did this and they flipped it, and I think it's fucking brilliant as far as TV like drama goes to do this. Like, I, I hate this episode. Still a fucking like brilliant move. Yeah, yeah. Well, we right. see, now we see Dean back in the crypt, and he opens another coffin, and it's disemboweled Adam. So now we really know that the Adam, Adam and mom that are with Sam are definitely not Adam and Kate. So yeah. So there's some real creepy humming as, uh, Sam wakes up to being tied up on the table. And oh, wait, wait, before we get to that, there is, uh, Dean gets into a super determined to get out and the way out that he sees is a stained glass window with an angel on it. Oh yeah, you're winking right. at him. There is a winking angel. I didn't. I, I I saw it, but I didn't think about it. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. All right. So now we t- cut to uh, Sam being tied up on our table and creepy fucking humming. So Sam, yeah, is humming is always creepy. Like it's just always don't hum people. It's it's weird. It's gross. I don't like it. Well, Sam has figured out that they are ghouls, not shapeshifters. And Kate says that that term is racist. And then she sniffs him and she licks him. Yeah. And calling him fresh meat. Uh, and he starts, basically this gives Sam the opportunity to give his lore at this point. Cause he's just like, well, usually ghouls are scavengers. Cause it's just kind of, I'm just going to say like, I get that he was kind of trying to figure out what's going on, but it also is kind of funny. Like, how are we going to explain this monster? Okay. Sam's tied up. And before they eat him, we will have him explain what they're doing. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of funny to me. Um, but that ghouls are usually scavengers and then they take on the appearance of the last corpse that they take down, but they don't usually go for the living. And, um, Adams like reveals that he, they actually get the thoughts and memories as well. And I was like, okay, this is really sad and dark. Yep. And then Kate says, well, we are what we eat, which is a, a good one, but 
So we had Sam's lore on ghouls. Mm-hmm. How's that Liz's lore on ghouls? <laughs> and also ghouls. And <laughs> so when I hear the word ghouls, all I can think about is um there is a Family Guy episode where they have like Mrs. Garrett and she's saying, girls, girls, girls. I th- I'm pretty sure that was in Family Guy. But all I can think about is that voice going, ghouls, ghouls, ghouls. So that is what I think about when I hear ghouls. I love ghouls because so if you can't from what like they have in this episode, ghouls like are kind of like zombies cousins in terms of just like reanimated corpses right but the one that we're really going to talk about where it comes from are the arabic version of the ghouls that is really where we all think everything comes from because the the legends of ghouls are really old like and pre-islamic old so but most of our legends like i said come from arabic lore but the large thought is that at least linguistically the term probably derived from mesopotamian culture because they had the word galu g a l l u which was a demon of the underworld that went down and like abducted a vegetable god and took the vegetable god to death i don't know mesopotamians they had veggie gods whatever i really hope it was a very angry carrot I know. Um, like, is it a beat? <laughs> it could be because I tried really hard to find beats this weekend, and the only beats I could find were like massive fucking beats. And I was like, no, those don't look like. I, I'm not opposed to GMO, but I was like, you're suspicious. Like, beets shouldn't be this large. <laughs> so I don't trust where you were grown. They so, were just to that vegetable god. Anyway. They, they, yeah, they were that. So, um, but so we're just going to, I'm going to keep the, the legend really focused around the Arabic ghouls. Um, they do come into like a more Western culture later, but so this kind of covers most of the areas we're going to talk about in this episode. So typically, uh, ghouls can be found in deserted areas like cemeteries and abandoned buildings. So. I'm I'm feeling some sympathy with these guys. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Don't be want to be around people. Want to hang out in cemeteries. Out. You're like, that's right, hang out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, but what do they look like? Uh, they were often represented as an ugly female creature that was like hunched, walking on like two legs, but sometimes they could run on four limbs. Often described as having cloven hooves, fangs, and mouths that looked like cat's mouths, which I'm not really sure what that description. And I'll get into kind of a bit that is like actually like describes them like like a cat's mouth, and I'm like, like my cat doesn't have lips, so like, I yeah, I guess this is kind of like the lipless mouth. Yeah, I don't know. The whisker things? I don't know. Uh, they like to eat children the best, but they'll pretty much you'll eat any people they'll find. Okay. Uh, particularly, though, they like travelers and groups. So there is a very recurring theme of basically, like, you're on a road in the desert, and then you come across this ghoul, then they're going to ask you for help. And they're like, can I ride on your camel? And you'll be like, sure. And then they'll like, wait, they're going to stop here, and we're going to eat you. Like, so, but, you know, a lot of this comes from I'm alone in the desert and now I found this thing or I'm alone in the cemetery and I found this thing. Yeah. 
Um, they are like thought to be shapeshifters. So like we see in this episode, right. Um, but they particularly like to look like beautiful women to take advantage of men's inability to keep their dicks in their pants. Um, which seems to be a, a lot of themes for a lot of our religion is just men are horny. So we're going to, this demon is going to look like a chick. So you want to fuck it. And that is going to lead you astray. Right. Because you were thinking with your penis. All right. Um, so one thing about the shape shifting though, um, a lot of them say like, even if they shape shifted into a beautiful woman, they would still have the legs of like a donkey or like a goat, usually a donkey though. So mm-hmm. an ass. So, but it's like, well, we, I can change everything to here. So like if you lift up your skirt and there's like donkey, donkey legs, mm-hmm. it's probably not a woman. Right. I mean, that's pro tip. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to yuck your yum if you just like to, you know, put on donkey legs. But, you know, anyways, so there are also some stories in which the ghoul, like, wasn't like a bit dangerous thing. It was just like, hey, like, this is just this other creature. Uh, Sometimes people married them. Uh, There is an example of a story from, like, 932 CE, where this guy was like, yeah, you know, there's this ghoul just living amongst this tribe until, like, they had a baby ghoul and it saw lightning and it got sad and wanted to go home. And that was how we know that, like, like sometimes people just fucked and married ghouls, you know, sometimes you just hang out with them, you know, it happens. Okay. Um, this is another one of my favorite like Arabic tales, just to get that deep feeling of what it's like. Uh, Cause apparently a lot of the stories have to do with peeing. All right. So there was a man and he saw a ram in the desert and he carried it under his arm after catching the ram. I don't know why he had to catch the ram, but he caught the ram. So he's running with it. And as he's running with this ram, it keeps peeing. And as the weight of the ram kept getting bigger as like he approached the house. So the, the, the ram is growing in size and peeing a lot. Right. So finally he like just gives up and let's go. And so it changes into a ghoul. And then later they're asking, well, why did you carry it under your arm? And the man just replied evil. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So sometimes you just carry a ram under your arm for evil and, but it just keeps peeing everywhere. All right. I I didn't have to to keep peeing everywhere on you. Yeah. So there's another story. Um, and this was two men from a tribe. Uh, they wanted to give their bribe, her bribe, their bride, her wedding outfits, right? Cause she's a chick and it's just like, yeah, I want to look pretty for you at my wedding day. So they go on a trip, right? And there on this trip, they see this lonely woman and upon seeing them the woman said what is your need and the men replied well we want to provide a bride with her needs and she said i can help you if you promise to come back to me so they're like of course of course we'll come back so they finished her business and they come back to her and she said i will follow you in her your journey and they make her ride one of their camels and they reach a sound mound a sand mound so a big a big desert thing in the desert and then she's like i have some business here and they just thought she had to pee so um she goes off to pee but after an hour they're like what the fuck is happening and so um but now they realize one of the other guys are gone and they come back and the woman's just lying on his belly and eating his liver Hmm. yeah and so uni business yep 
And so then um, the other guy runs away. And then someone's like, why are you running? And he's like, there's a devil among us. And then, um, but then they're like, okay. And then he goes back to the woman that was eating their friend and was just like, look, if you, if you just want to avoid this, like in the future, you just have to talk about God. And so they're like, yeah, all right. So, hey, God, can you help us? And then lightning came from the sky and it killed the ghoul. And that is how you kill them is you ask for help from god after she's done peeing i guess so after she pees you ask god for help and then it strikes down the ghoul with lightning yeah i guess i yeah i mean clear as mud right like that we we get this is yeah i mean sometimes it's just the simplest sometimes the simplest answer is yeah uh the other thing is like if you get into a fight with them like you can't like hit them more than once like you have to like kill them like on the first blow because if you hit it a second time then it comes back to life so like if you hit it once just let it be don't keep hitting it like as we see somebody doing this episode so like you hit it once and you just let it go and then you walk away all right so just to wrap this up our goal's real well, so pretty much think about this fact. We have the story of people who are wandering the desert, getting really tired and horny and seeing pretty women appear to them and tell them to do things. I think we can kind of figure out where this legend probably started of sad, lonely men wandering, getting attacked by things. Um, also, the physical descriptions of it. So things like the cat's mouth, um, people think could maybe be like a cleft palate. Oh. Like that could explain it. Um, and they thought maybe it, and it real- is a way. What was that? And real weird teeth. And real world teeth and fangs and stuff. Um, but one of the reasons I think they may have needed to have this is because of all the inbreeding that was happening in the desert and then people coming out deformed because that is what happens when you fuck people you're related to. So as a way, like it was kind of like, Hey, you shouldn't interbreed. Cause that was like one of the main themes too. It's like, you know, like the goal, like you're intermarrying and then like, you shouldn't do that. And maybe it's kind of like, well, like these traits are pretty bad. Stop fucking them. But also it's a really bad way to, I guess uh, distance yourself from the physically deformed. And you're, it's all not good. It's none of this is good. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think the most poetic and possibly like you know, the metaphoric description of ghouls that I saw, because there's a lot of you know, especially in a lot of like Arabic lore, there's a lot of poetry that's involved in it. Yeah, and um, there, I like this idea that. Ghouls are like mirages in the desert because they don't stay the same. That's what shapeshifters are. Like they're like the mirage. Like they're never the same. They're always changing. And there was a poet who said, no condition lasts forever for it changes like changing shape of the ghouls. Hmm. And I just thought that was, yeah, as weird as this is. And yeah. So sometimes they eat people in cemeteries. Sometimes they don't like they're, Scavengers of the Dead is something like the what was a Western influence later. Like I think in general, like the Arabic ghouls just would eat whatever. Yeah. Like you could be dead, you could be alive. Whatever. As kind of like as Kate and Adam, ghoul Kate and Adam evolve in this episode. They learned that too. 
Yeah, my notes had to change because <laughs> I was like, yeah. So let's let's go back to where we were, where Kate is now sucking on Sam's blood, and she's like, wait, this is a strange tang to it. It's different, yeah. And they it was revealed that John killed their father, uh, Ghoul Kate and Ghoul Adam, and um, they're from their enforcing them to grow up without a father, which from their perspective makes John a monster. And are they wrong? <laughs> In a because, way, but yeah, I, they're like, what we just because this is how we survive. We're bad people now. Like we usually just scatter. they were eating the dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were 17 bodies that were taken from the cemetery. Big fucking whoop. Like, I have a weird question that there may not be an answer to. I know you've described the Arabic um, perception of the ghouls. So in this iteration of ghouls from this episode, is does a ghoul have a form or a physical identity? Or is it be, if they are carried over from the previous thing they ate and how do they procreate them? It just confused me and that blew my mind. I can get that. I will also say for this episode, the monster was kind of shoved in um, where they originally were just, they wanted the storyline to happen of the additional son. Right. And then they kind of just went with the monsters. And eventually I think they were originally wanting to do race. And then they ended up transposing it to ghouls because they thought it made sense. But um I would think it's almost more like a shapeshifter, right? Like where we saw them, like, you know, they become the form. Right. I know, but that was, that's, yeah, no, I, that, I mean, I'm sure that's probably what makes the most sense, but can you see like where I was like, I was like yeah, yeah, you know, I was like, but what are they like originally? How are they born? Like, well, and that's the, like the, the Arabic shape shifting ghouls, like they have their form and right. typically it's a female form and it's just like this hunched over like monster okay. that's really hairy and shit. So like, and then they can just be like, oh, but now I'm a pretty woman. In this case, they'd be like, oh, now I'm Kate. Right. Now I'm Adam. Interesting. Whew. So at least they um, didn't give you the mirror thing. Like they could have like really fucked with you and given you like the mirror look with like the really gross things. So just just go with it and be happy they didn't do that. I am. I just was overthinking it. Yeah, well, I was angry at this episode in general. Um. So we cut back to Dean in the crypt. He has now slid in a coffin over and he breaks the ceiling glass and is going to pull himself out. That is some fucking upper body strength. That was in fucking gymnastics. As somebody who has to try and like pike her body up, nope. and I don't do it well. <laughs> there's nothing pretty happening here. No. I was just like, damn, Dean, like that is good on you. That was good grip strength, good use of your core. Like, yeah. way to go, Jensen Ackles and your stunt double, who I probably would look in two seconds, but yeah, just stunt double. Uh, Ghoul Adam is digging his finger into Sam's <laughs> side, and it's real gross. And and that happens in others. Like, remember, like, in the Buffy episode where the uh, that ghoul or whatever is, like, stripping out, like, like Willow's, like, stomach? Mm. I don't know, like, why the stomach. Like, to me, it grosses me out more. Yeah, they're really into the stomach area. Uh, and uh, Ghoul Kate is explaining that they grew up alone without their dad because of John, continuing that. And, that, and her comment is that you can only count on family. So it's kind of an interesting throwing it back at Sam. 
Yeah. Yeah. They spent 20 years living like rats. And so now we decided to move up to fresher game and get our revenge because revenge is never over. Throwing that back too. Yeah. And which also like from a lore perspective, I don't like because I feel like ghouls, if they're going to eat the dead, they're eating the dead because they want to eat the dead. Otherwise they would have been eating people. For, long for before now, unless it was just a cultural thing, like this was like the food that we eat. But, um, but then we find out disturbingly that they ate Adam alive. Yeah, slowly. That's really sad. And then, yeah, and then Cool Kate reveals to to Sam just to dash any last thoughts that he really was your brother. And now I'm like, this is really fucking sad. This is very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. And then they start like as much as let me let me go off on it for a second. Because as yeah. much as these brothers like were not stoked about having this new brother and they are jealous of him and they are even madder at more shit that dad kept from them. They're very, very family loyal. And who mm-hmm. like if you had any ounce of you starting to accept this kid as your additional kid who's an adult but still whatever, this person as your additional sibling and trying to reconcile that at all only to like in days have it like be like, no, 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 by the way, they're dead and they tricked you, but they were real, but they're already dead. Yeah. It's a total mind fuck. It is. It is. So anyways, I'm sorry. All right. So now they're going to slice, slice up Sam and drain his blood. Yeah. But I'm like, how are you directing this blood spray? Right. Like, I, mean, I guess maybe if you're laying down, your blood would drip. But I would just imagine, like, as you cut somebody, like, blood just goes like that. There's some, there's some pressure behind it at first. Yeah, and also like Sam would be like fucking dead. Like they just they slit like so many tendons. It's like you don't come back from this. Like Sam is never pulling a trigger again. They they fucked up his hand. Oh yeah. But then Dean busts in and shoots at um, you know. Adam first, and then um, I'm like, ghoul Adam. I'm like, ghoul Adam, ghoul Adam. And Sam yelling, they're ghouls. So Dean's like, oh, so I have to do headshots. Hmm. Well, and why didn't he just shoot off the head in the first place? Like, to me, like, like, I'm just like, like, sure. If you go for a headshot, you're golden, right? Yeah. Well, like, I don't know how to kill this thing. Like, shoot in the head. Yeah. So, shotgun. Uh, he ends up after he shoots off Ghoul Kate's head, but ends up in a fight with Ghoul Adam while Sam is bleeding out, and it is not good for not looking good for Sam Winchester on the table uh, with his little no. bowls collecting his blood. Which, by the way, for as much as he should be bleeding, they seemed very empty. I'm just saying, but um, that was not I'm going to kill you amount of blood. No. That was oh shit, I cut my finger. That were like the slices were okay. Oh shit, you're gonna die! But the amount of blood dripping from them was not. Well, unless maybe it goes back to my earlier point, and they weren't like actually like p- funneling it in the right direction, and like most of it was like falling on the floor, which is what would happen if I tried to do that. Like I would just have like there would just be blood. Like it'd be all my cleavage probably because that's where everything goes. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, so then Dean and Adam are fighting. Oh my god, it's so weird. And then Dean hits Adam a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like it's uncomfortable a lot. Is it an uncomfortable amount of hitting? 
Stop think- working out your issues on this guy. That- yeah, I think it's the rage about what I just said about having like discovering a brother and then having him taken away immediately by this creature. I think that's part of it. I think that was the rage. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's part. Yeah, whatever it is, Dean's got shit and he's not happy. And he's unfortunately, I mean, or fortunately, I don't know. Like, because I'm kind of on these ghoul sides, except for the fact they started eating people. Like, yeah, they were kind of in the right here. Um, but yeah, so Dean finally just hits Adam till he he's dead. And Sam's like, hi, please, hi. please help me. I'm bleeding out. Yeah. So yeah. They uh back at the mausoleum. We cut. Wait, wait, wait. Before so Dean cuts him loose, and then he says, "That's what family is for." So back at the the cemetery, they're outside the mausoleum, and there is a body um wrapped um in, in a sheet. And uh Dean says that you know the ghouls didn't fake the, you know, the photos or the journal, and we're gonna properly. Uh, send off Adam. Yeah, we're gonna give him a hunter's funeral. Yeah. He died like a hunter, so we're gonna we're gonna do this like this. And then they watch him burn. Well cast for a favor. And Dean's like, no, Adam's in a better place. Well also like it's what you just know the angels can like raise the dead and we're just gonna keep like doing this now. Like what what like we're going down like a weird path and also i think you know, what dean says is appropriate is nope no. why would i bring him back to this shithole which would probably like if he was in 2022 i'd be like do you want to bring him back like nope you just stay where you are whatever is happening over there probably better but then we get a very intense conversation between our brothers i yeah. think it's not really intense but it's very revealing uh, it's very emotional. Yeah. And Dean says, I finally, finally gets why Sam and John butted heads so much was that they were so much alike. Dean's like, I worshiped him, but you're more like him. And then Sam's like, Oh, well, I take that as a compliment. Dean's like, you can take it any way you want. Ouch. Ooh. But also I, I very much from, I get this, like the, as someone who is very much like my father, like understand like the, that realization of like, Oh shit, no wonder you didn't get along. It's because you were exactly the same. Like as you know, I realized why my father was so hard on me is because I was exactly like him, yeah. you know? And Dean coming to this thought about Sam and Sam's not there yet. I don't think Sam gets it. Like, but Sam is acting like John. Yeah. Yeah. Being very cold, very like mission focused only and very, that's it. And, and mission focused. We, we protect our own and, and we just do what we can. And, but even this, he wasn't protecting his own because he was willing to sacrifice Adam for this hunt. Cause yeah. just like, even it was like, we'll protect him. Like whatever, using your brother as bait, you know what the fuck happens yeah. when something is bait. Not good. Not good. So I want to know why you did not like this episode. And there were scary parts. I had to cover my eyes and it was really sad. That's right. And not like the ooh, like and like and honestly, like the scary wasn't like I mean like the creepy crawly. Like I just like I can handle like, the things grabbing you from underneath stuff's fucking freaky. Don't like yeah. it. Didn't like being trapped in a crypt. 
that just gave me heebie-jeebies real bad. But that was kind of scary, but it was like, they did good, like, suspense build-up on it, so that was successful in the episode. I just didn't mean I like it. And that, but, like, the storyline was really fucking sad. Like, it's like, as I'm, because as a viewer, and I'm sure this is what happened when the first when this episode first came out, too, is I'm trying to emotionally grapple with, like, is this going to be a long-term character? Am I going to like this character? Let me observe everything about this character because I'm going to be watching this character on the show for years to come and like really processing all this. And then they fucking killed him. (laughs) Or actually he was killed to begin with. Like, I was dead before they got there, probably. Who knows? But like, yeah, it was like a whole, it was a very like emotional thing. Um, I will, you know, confess as, as you know, I am a, you know, a, a, a virgin viewer. I also do a little bit of research on our show after I watch the episode so I can talk about it intelligently, specifically looking at like IMDb for characters and things that are on it. So, uh, full disclosure, obviously. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Kate Milligan, um, was, uh, was played by, uh, Dee Dee Pfeiffer. She was, uh, she was on a lot of stuff, uh, big movies in like the eighties, like huge movies. She was, uh, Sheila and falling down, just a bunch of TV episodes. She was on the TV show Sybil for years, uh, which I guess. Oh, I forgot about that show. Yeah. She was Rachel on Sybil. Like, so she's had, she's had, so I'm not, not like she just was in a lot bigger stuff before. Um, and then Adam Milligan was played by Jake Abel, who was Ian in the movie, the host. Um, that was, um, the movie was okay anyways and he was luke in the percy jackson movies is his main stuff and it's hard to overlook when you see that they're in more than one year of the show that you're watching but i will that be i will say um i think the best uh the best um quote about this and this is from the supernatural wiki but they pulled this from entertainment weekly and there was an entertainment weekly article that said of jake abel the actor playing the new sibling is a wincest buff stream he looks so much like padalecki and ackles he could be their magical gay offspring oh so I got to bring Wincess back a second time, a second week in a row. God damn it. Like I will get in every every week now. I'm like I did have to explain to Dave what Wincess was. He laughed at me. He thought it was hilarious. Made a face. Wincest. <sighs> but I do love that magical gay offspring. And it is like, you know, he looks like a it really good cross between well, for yeah. sure as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like this just because I, I think I don't like this because I future, I know, but I think I don't like it because I knew the, the surprise. Right. Like, I knew why this episode was sad. I knew why this was like, I came into this episode being like, ah, this one. Yeah. Like another kid losing their mom. Like, it's just, it's just sad. I don't like it. Well, and also, like, is, you know, it's, Probably been like a year since I did my last rewatch, a year or two. Ever, I haven't done a rewatch since we started right. the podcast. Um, and so, and there are things from this episode that I forgot. Um, really more about like his mom. Like I forgot about how many pictures, like that whole like John potentially Kate storyline. I what? forgot about that. And I think I'm probably thinking more because I'm just thinking more about John Winchester with the new series coming out, which I'm also thinking about. Do we have to keep Diana from watching the new series when it comes out? Because it's going to ruin so much. Oh, that's so weird. I'm going to have to wait. We'll see. 
I think you may have to. And then we'll you will, we'll just have to go through and do that rewatch when this rewatch is done, which will be like twenty fifty. So you know it'll it'll be fun. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Uh, this has been a long conversation. I know we had a lot of notes on this episode, but that's just because it was a very important episode as much as we don't like it. Like, there was a lot of shit that came out in it. I think there's a lot of relationship building. A lot to unpack emotionally, for yeah. sure. Yes. About the relationship, absolutely. So, all right. <laughs> so, with that, I think we're going to end it out. All right. Cheers, Shirk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Roscoe. Meow. <laughs>